Hey everyone, welcome back to Silicon Street, a podcast on venture capital, technology, and entrepreneurship geared towards college students and young professionals. If you're new to the podcast, go ahead and follow us on Spotify and LinkedIn and definitely check out our existing episodes. Today, we're excited to have on a additional special guest host. He's my friend from high school, Cameron Chu, a senior finance and data science major at NYU Stern. Uh, he'll be working at Wells Fargo's Industrials Investment Banking Group after graduation, um, and he'll be a, a great guest host for today. Um, but for the main event, we have on Alex Wong, who's the Director of Strategy and Business Development and LiveRamp, a leading data connectivity platform. At LiveRamp, Alex is responsible for leading new product incubation, growth strategy, go-to-market, and much more. Prior to joining LiveRant, Alex also worked at Nuance Communications, which is a pioneer in conversational AI innovations, and he worked in their corp dev and strategy group there. So with that, we're super excited to welcome Alex to the show. How's everything going? Everything's going great, Connor. <clears throat> Happy to be on the show. Uh, really amazing job and really a big fan of, uh, of what you're doing here. Awesome. We really appreciate it. So to start, I think it would be great if you could just give a little bit of background on yourself and how you even got into the world of corporate strategy and business, considering you've kind of been in the space for a while. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, I definitely took a, I would say, an, a, a, a not a typical path to get into a corp dev role, right? A lot of people that get into these corporate development roles typically count, come out of iBanking uh, experiences. Um, but for me, I actually started off uh, my career at, you know, United Technologies, which is you know, Fortune 50 company in their um, financial rotational program. So it's a two-year program. Um, every six months, you rotate to a different finance or business function within uh, the company. And one of the great things about that was you get to really experience four different jobs in a span of two years. And, you know, a lot of people come, coming out of school really don't know what they want or is unclear. And it was just a great way to, to get uh, a lot of exposure into different disciplines at a company. One of those rotations, which was my final one, was in the corporate strategy and development team at one of the business units. And, you know, that, that rotation definitely aligned with a lot of my interest and work that I've done in school. So I majored in finance, economics. I, I was also a teaching assistant for corporate finance. So a lot of the valuation work, strategy work, um, I found it more relatable in that in a corporate strategy and development role. Um, afterwards, I decided to uh, join Nuance Communication, where I, you know, you know, became a became a manager uh, manager there, really be, uh, doing a lot of corporate development, uh, strategic like mergers and acquisition deals. At the time, the company was, you know, working through. Uh, a lot of ways to grow organically and inorganically. And so, you know, when I joined the team, I think we were, uh, we closed like 15 deals in the span of wow. two and a half years. It was almost an in-house investment bank at that <laughs> point because we were, we were struggling to grow organically. So we had to find other ways to grow. So acquisitions was one way to deploy capital mm -hmm. uh, and find growth. And then that, I did that for almost three years, and then it led me to LiveRamp, where uh, for the first two and a half years, I worked on the corporate development team here. Uh, you know, super uh, fast-paced, high-growth startup that became its own public company, right? Super exciting. 
and you know really uh, worked on some transformative deals here at LiveRamp. And then most recently, about about a year and a half ago, I decided uh, to actually you know uh, switch from corporate development, corporate strategy role into more of an operator role. Mm-hmm. So now I help uh, run one of the new products uh, for one of LiveRamp's divisions. Yeah, that, that's awesome background. And obviously you've had quite the breadth of experience. Um, one thing I'm curious about, and I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in hearing, um, could you describe what it actually means like to work in corporate strategy? Because I feel like, you know, strategy is like one of those buzzwords, just like AI or any other, you know, buzzword out there where people recognize it, but they don't necessarily know what it means. Um, so could you kind of like walk us through what that actually means to like be a corporate strategist? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really great question. And, and I, I also was, uh, <laughs> you know, really confused, like what, what is strategy? What is corporate strategy versus mm-hmm. business strategy or operational strategy? Yeah, but really, um, a lot of strategy teams uh, work very closely with corporate development. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are the same team. Okay. And when, when, in terms of corporate strategy, it's typically really the companies kind of think about the uh, next one year and then medium and long-term vision strategy, where this company want to grow, be one year from now, uh, and then couple, three to five years from now, and then, you know, five plus years from now. And then really think about some of the major kind of areas we want to be involved or take a strategic bet to enter, right? So mm-hmm. thinking of ways to grow. Um, so a corporate strategy role is very, if you think about it, it's very like forward looking. Like what, where does, where do we want the company to be? What are our strengths, weaknesses? Where can we fill the gaps? And then w- once we have a corporate strategy laid out, right? We work with all the business unit division leaders, every product and division leader will have their own strategy. And mm-hmm. as a corporate strategy for the entire company, you're trying to piece together all these business strategies into a holistic kind of vision and North Star for the company to guide where the Got company it. wants to be. And so one of the, the key things you'll be doing is really evaluating um, a lot of the, uh, hey, for you know next one to three years, what are some uh, product capabilities that we have gaps and we need to solve for to be able to enter the markets we want to enter, right? So uh, can we do it in-house? Can we do it, can we do R&D organically and develop it? Or should we partner for those capabilities? Or should we go ahead and acquire a company that are already in the space to accelerate our path to to our vision? So um, in in many ways, corporate strategy is helping us understand whether we should, execute, we're able to execute that strategy organically, or we need additional help via partnership or M&A. Got it. Sounds good. Yeah. Appreciate that insight into um, corporate strategy, Alex. I know that was a bit confusing for me before, but now it makes a lot more sense. Um, But just wanted to jump a little bit more into your previous experience at Nuance Communications. Um, So I know that was recently acquired by Microsoft just to, you know, advance their industry cloud strategy for health healthcare. Um, and I know that you gave a little bit of a background about yourself, but I was just interested if you can expand on some of the major things and lessons that you learned at Nuance as a senior analyst. 
Yeah, definitely. So that's really, you know, my first time really getting uh, earning my stripes in corporate development. So, you know, I went in there kind of senior analysts um, really did all the, you know, the modeling, the financial modeling, right? So you're building operational models, you're building valuation models, accretion dilution models. Um, and then you're always evaluating synergies, right? When you go acquire a company, um, one plus one should equal three or more, right? Like, so what are some revenue synergies or, and what are some cost synergies? Um, and then you're building it all into an operational model that you have to get all the key stakeholders aligned at nuance before you go and execute uh, an acquisition, right? Hey, do you believe in the trajectory of this business? Um, you need to validate the customer, customer relationships. Um, you need to validate the technology. And then, and then you're working, uh, you know, and it, it is a very dynamic and intense environment because everything is deadline driven. You have a lot of money at stake, right? So you're working with every single team internally uh, and externally. So internal teams you work with are like R&D, sales, uh, business operations, HR, IT. You basically have to evaluate the company, you know, uh, from end to end, right? Before you're spending, you know, hundreds of million dollars on an acquisition. But you also, in a corp dev role, um, you also work with external parties to execute a transaction. So that could be investment bankers. Um, and that could also be uh, lawyers and uh, account accounting firms to help do due diligence. So we basically, when I was there, uh, other than one large like deal that I worked on, it was like 200 million plus deal we basically didn't leverage investment bankers. We just did all the, all the, all the work in-house. Um, so you do save a lot of money that way. Um, so uh, some, some of the tactical day-to-days are, you know, constantly uh, managing teams, uh, providing updates, put, it, put together uh, presentations and analysis and making sure that our executive team understand the risk uh, that's associated with any acquisition. Is it an acceptable risk? If it's, if it's not acceptable, are there ways to mitigate it um, via maybe lowering the purchase price or uh, making sure we have proper reps and warranties in our transaction docs? Yeah, no, that, that's awesome, like depth into, uh, you know, what a strategic transaction looks like. I'm curious, because um, obviously I, I have a little bit of experience just from an internship at a bank. Um, and we do a lot of like sell side work, right? Um, where we reach out to potential buyers. I'm curious from the side of the house where you are the strategic acquirer, um, do you guys, at least from your experience over the years, has it been largely reactive to say the investment bankers being like, hey, we have this company we want to sell or, and you kind of evaluate on a basis and you might get in a bidding war, et cetera. Or is it more proactive where you're like, you know, this is like a competency gap that we have um, and we're going to go out and do like our market research to find the best company that we think fits and like reach out to them proactively as opposed to waiting for them to like, you know, come up yeah. for bid theoretically. Yeah, great question. Uh, so all the corp dev team should be doing both. Um, like we have really strong relationships with all the major investment banks. They, you know, the MDs and the VPs, they passed us, you know, any opportunity that crosses their desk, that may be interesting to us. So we evaluate every single thing that comes through. And I would have to say like 95% are not a great fit, mm -hmm. but we still appreciate them reaching out. 
Um, and then we're also, right, we are actually Corp Dev Corp Stripe. We're like, we're the operators, right? We are living and breathing in the market and industry. So we actually really have a great insight into where the market is going, what our competitors are doing, what our clients really want from us. Uh, maybe it's some like innovative technology that we don't have yet. So we have to go out there and acquire it, right? And then like, you know, so we're doing both. Um, and then we also know who are the, the, you know, the startups or the companies in the space that may have this technology or solution set. And a really like great way to really uh, de-risk your acquisitions is first to partner uh, with, with one of these uh, companies that have the capability and technologies you want. And then once a partnership is successful, right, then you can start having an M&A uh, conversation. It's, it's a much risk, uh, risk, less risky way. Yeah. To yeah. You got go on a few dates, right? Beforehand. Yeah. Like <laughs> let, let's prove it through a partnership. Let's make sure your technology works and that our customers are sophisticated enough to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have great technology, but the market's not ready to adopt mm -hmm. something like that. So, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one other thing I was curious about is what like kind of the approval process looks like for like getting a strategic transaction to go through, right? So I have some experience and knowledge about like what a PE firm might look like and, you know, they'll ramp up, go to IC uh, investment committee, um, and, you know, they'll go through a voting process like that, but is there like an equivalent or is it just the C-suite who are kind of deciding or like what, what input do you have as someone who's just say like a, you know, analyst or associate at, uh, you know, within the team, like, are they just saying like, Hey, here's our analysis. You guys come to the decision or are you guys giving recommendations? Like, what does that look like in terms of yes or no? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we certainly have an approval process. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, we are definitely proactive and as corp dev, as corporate strategy, right. We have to be, um, we have to be doing the analysis, the valuation, and we have to be coming together with uh, one or a few recommendation. Here's option one, here's option two, here's option three, because no one at the company will understand this deal strategically and as in depth as a corp dev team, because we're living and we're breathing it. We're, we're analyzing the data, we're analyzing the financials, uh, we're, we're organizing the data room. And, you know, So what we have to do is ensure that every step of the way once you sign a uh, letter of intent uh, and you know that really kicks off the process to get the company acquired, you have anywhere from 45 days to 90 days to close a transaction, depending on what you negotiate for the deal period or the exclusivity period. Mm -hmm. And then in that time, you basically build out a, a work back plan. Hey, let's say you have 12 weeks to get the deal done. Within this phase, we would need to have this kind of diligence done. Within the next phase, we would need to have to have this set of stuff done, right? So all along the way, you are bringing up the executive team uh, and the leadership team up to speed. Hey, here's what we discovered in diligence. Here's what we discovered in their technology, right? And then all the way through when you're near the final phase of the project, you're working with the the company to develop an integration plan so that once you acquire a business, right, um, you can have a plan in place to properly integrate them. 
So obviously the CEO is involved, the CFO is involved, the CEO suite is involved, and our board is involved. Anytime you're doing an acquisition of, of meaningful size, you definitely need to get the board's approval and sign off on the deal. So uh, some, some typical analysis we would do is um, we would do like our like people diligence, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, or like, do they have the right talent we need? Do they have the, the right engineers we need? And then also another diligence is financial diligence. Uh, how have they performed in the past? Are they profitable? So you're looking at balance sheets, you're looking at cash flow statements, um, and then you're just and then you're looking at their uh, forward projections. Do you believe that they can hit their goals? Uh, and then how can Nuance as an acquirer as even provide additional resources to help them exceed that goal? So that that would be like a synergy, right? Gotcha. And you mentioned like the concept of having an integration plan. Um, who who's kind of involved with you know, say all right the transaction gets approved. Um, I'm assuming you kind of have an integration plan before like it is approved, right? Um, but yeah. once once it like you know it's it's good and done, um, how involved are you guys or like who who's kind of spearheading the like initiative to like have them fully like actually integrated as part of the company? Um, yeah, yeah, that that's uh, you know that's an amazing question because you've heard so many things like hey you know, somewhere around 90% of M&A deals end up being, yeah. uh, you know, shareholder, like, you know, destruction of value, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's because you can, everything can look good in a financial model, but when it comes to execution, uh, you may, <laughs> but so here, here, here's, I've been at three companies, then Corp Dev, three different ways. So when I was at Nuance, because we acquired so many companies in the span of two and a half years, we actually had to hire a lead integration person in charge of all the integrations. So that sat in the corp, that person sat in the corp dev team. Wow. And basically there was a handoff process. So the deal people, uh, the corp dev folks, right? They, they were in charge of validating and getting the deal signed and closed. And then there's a 30, 60, 90 day plan after closing a deal. Mm -hmm. and you know, that plan's already developed before the deal closes and you need full alignment with the, the, the company you're buying and their lead and their management team to ensure this is how we want to in integrate you, right? Sometimes you don't want to like integrate them so fast, you break their culture, you break their company. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, if it's a smaller tuck-in, it may make more sense to integrate them faster to realize that those costs or revenue synergies. So, um, Typically, you know, I'm running like 30, 60, 90 check-ins. We have a, you know, work streams tracker. We said we were going to do this by that date. We're going to do this by that date. You know, what's the status on each? And then this kind of normally transitions into the integration manager. And then over time, within six to six months to a year, he eventually gets integrated into the business unit where the, you know, the general manager now has someone assigned to you know, to manage it. Um, so that that's what I saw at Nuance. And then here at LiveRamp, we actually, you know, LiveRamp's much smaller. Um, mm -hmm. And so we don't have a dedicated integration person. We're maybe doing, you know, two deals a year, something like that. Not, not like five deals a year where, you know, you're just constantly integrating, right? Mm -hmm. So in, 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 at LiveRamp, we always, um, you know, work with the, the GM or the 
the business executive champion to find the right person on their team from the business unit to manage the integration process. But the, it, both ways, there's always a handoff process from corporate development into the business unit um, to um, as much as you can smooth out the transition. Right, yeah, I think that was really interesting to just learn more about the integration plan because I, I know that like people talk a lot, a lot about like the M&A execution, but not necessarily about kind of like the aftermath and what that entails. So I appreciate yeah. your insight on that. Yeah, um, so, you know, yeah. just one point on that, right? Like, as, you know, investment bankers, you guys come in, you help advise on the deal, and then once a deal is signed and executed, right, you kind of, like, kind of hand off the integration, and then you move on to your next deal, <laughs> right? But in corporate, corporate development, corporate strategy, as operators and strategic acquirers, um, you know, you have to oversee the, the, the success of the deal or the, you know, less the, the, the pain points of the deal. So even when you acquire a company, one year from now, if the acquisition is not doing as well, or you're not hitting your synergies, you know, you have to still uh, go up to the management and leadership team and really explain, you know, what went wrong, how can we have done it better? So, so you're, you're still, uh, you're still kind of seeing through the whole deal. Uh, all the way through integration and, and management of the new business inside your business. Exactly. I appreciate that, that extra comment there. Um, and just to kind of switch a little bit now, uh, I know that, you know, we talked about your experience at Nuance um, and how you moved over to the live ramp, but you also talked about how you moved over to operations, especially in launching new products. And I was just curious if you could describe a little bit more about kind of that role um, the operations product role that you do. Yeah, yeah. So um, right now, uh, I was, you know, really, uh, really, I've done corp dev before coming into this role. I've done corp dev for like, you know, six years up to that point. Right. And I was ready to like, kind of transition into more of a operator business person, uh, really understand how to uh, manage a product, uh, sell a product, create partnerships, uh, launch a successful business. And an opportunity came up where we were launching a really innovative product inside one of our TV divisions, right? Um, and they needed someone of my background where I had the strategy experience and I had the corporate experience. So not only can I tell, like telling and creating a narrative and rationale for something is, is so important for a company. Um, so what what the division needed help was how do we actually get approved by live ramps management team to get this new product launched right or executed and in many ways it was like doing another acquisition it's like okay mm -hmm. how do i convince management team that we should acquire this company here's the rationale here's the risk here's the financial model here's the payback etc right so uh, I, I came in there kind of did that whole process coming up with the investment thesis, why we should invest into this product and where we think this product will be three to five years from now. So now I'm, uh, you know, head of business development for that product, ensuring the product from ideation all the way to, uh, you know, a full product launch that we just did a couple months ago. And, and we've signed, you know, customers, we've learned along the way, what do customers really like about our product? Where we can improve? 
and then what they want in the future in our product. So uh, just managing client expectations, working with the product team to ensure that feedback is taken and prioritized so that we're building and building the product that our clients want. And then always constantly keeping our leadership team up to date on how the business is trending. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those roles where uh, you're wearing many hats and you're working with many you know, different uh, functions internally uh, because it, it takes many, many teams to launch a product and business successfully. Got it. No, uh, that definitely makes sense. Um, and you also mentioned too that you were chief of staff at one point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So what what types of responsibilities goes into chief of staff? I'm sure it's a lot of you know leadership roles, managing skills. I'm just curious if you could elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm still in that role today. So I would say like, you know, my my role is like you know seventy thirty, like seventy percent. I'm in charge of uh, this new solution we're launching, the success of it, driving adoption. And then I would say the other 30%, I work with, um, you know, you know, the head of TV at my team, sort of his chief of staff or right hand to really help him create the, the uh, medium and long-term vision and strategy for our TV business, right? So it really spans across all the solutions and capabilities we have in TV. Uh, put it together in a holistic strategy that we can go execute. So I do that. And then I also help him evaluate, uh, you know, acquisitions specific for our business and division. So any, anything that can either accelerate our products, get us into different markets that we're not playing in today. today. So I work on that. And then any other kind of partnership or uh, BD deals, I also work on uh, as a chief of staff. Got it. And I'm curious, could you elaborate a little bit? You mentioned just like the goal setting aspect of the job, right? How do you go about setting those short, medium, long-term goals, uh, like a product roadmap for, you know, the given division that you're in? Like, what is that? You just like sit down and do it. How, how frequently do you reevaluate? Like, what, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So we work with, um, you know, sales and business uh, stakeholders at the company we also work with, you know, product and engineering um, because really you can have a vision and strategy, but you also need to be realistic, right? Do we have the proper resources? How many head, uh, how many people do we need to hire? Are we, do we have the budget to hire? So there's a lot of budgeting and resourcing planning to, to able to make everybody comfortable that we can hit our goals. And if our goals are perhaps, uh, too ambitious, right? Then there are a couple of things you can do. You can either, we need more budget to hire in, enough people to go build this product, or, um, you know, realistically, it may need to be pushed a little further out, or it may need, to, there are, there's always trade-offs, right? You're trading off one thing versus another. So you're, you're always evaluating business trade-offs. And so, um, so that's how we kind of really help set and align some medium uh, goals. So the next 12 months versus longer strategic goals. Got it. Sounds good. Um, yeah. And, you know, just wondering to like, appreciate your insight into short, medium, long-term goals, but um, for someone interested in going into corporate development strategy, uh, just from like a student's perspective, you know, what would you recommend that they do in college and 
kind of early on in their career to set themselves up for success to become, you know, in a role that, that you, that you're in right now? Yeah. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think that, you know, if, if you're, um, if you are a problem solver, right. And you come to the table with creative solutions, you know, instead of saying no, it's like, how, how can I solve something? Um, a corp dev corp strategy role really, uh, requires a person to, uh, love, uh, being comfortable uh, with analyzing new businesses, understanding how to distill all this information into a clear-cut narrative that everyone at the company can understand. So I would say definitely like strategic thinking. So the more, more things you're evaluating in depth and then uh, putting into a narrative is very important. Um, some of the hard uh, hard skills, I would say, uh, would be like, obviously, like financial modeling, very comfortable with Excel, very comfortable with PowerPoint, um, you know, knowing how to, you know, be really efficient with your keyboard and your mouse, uh, with hotkeys, right? If you're building a lot of models, and, 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 you know, if you get into a lot of M&A acquisitions, building models, right? A model can easily be 20, 30, 40, 50 tabs. And, and so you're, you really need to train uh, how you build models, but also more importantly is conceptually, you really need to have a strong understanding of accounting. Um, accounting is very important in a role where you have to understand a business by the numbers. And so how does the income statement work with balance sheet? How's balance sheet work with cash flow statements? So how does, how, how does one effect in the operating model affect all those three uh, financial statements? It's very important. So I would say those are some of the hard, hard, hard skills. And then soft skills, right? Being really good with uh, presenting is really important. Being concise and clear, structured thinking is important. Um, I think it's, it's really hard to, you know, when you're a student, like how do you get all these skills? And, and I would say the more classes you're in that um, are more like strategy or case study focused, are definitely great things for you uh, because you're always evaluating things, you're putting together a point of view, you're coming together with a conclusion behind some analysis. All those things will set you up for success. And then from a job and career standpoint, um, there, there's really two tracks that will set you up. It's not the way I went, but if I were to give advice, right, here's the highest probability, it would definitely be you know, investment banking, right? Go into investment banking, uh, corp dev is one of one of many exits that allow you to leverage your I, uh, IB skill sets, right? You talk about private equity, there's venture capital, you can go up, go to the startup world. Corporate development is like a mix of like uh, operations, uh, you know, you're going into industry, but then also getting the, the buy side perspective. So you're, you're also, you know, thinking as a strategic acquirer, how do you buy a business to help your company? And then, so that's, I've invested in banking. Other route is obviously a consulting, right? Consulting really trains you well on that structured thinking, uh, that case analysis, you know, all those skills are great. Yeah, no, that that's awesome background on, on that. I know um, a, a lot of like freshmen and sophomores listen to this and 
it's stressful, especially with how recruiting, how early recruiting happens. Sometimes people are making these decisions like freshman, sophomore year and feel like they're going to get locked in. But I mean, there's there's so many ways to, to get to your role, right? You didn't even do banking yeah. or consulting. Yeah, let, let, yeah, let me actually, uh, let, let me expand on that a little bit more. So there is hope for those that, uh, you know, didn't go through banking or consulting. And and I have to be completely honest here, I wanted to get into banking. Uh, I, I got into final rounds with, uh, with one of the investment banks in San Francisco focused on tech, which is really mm-hmm. where I wanted to be. And Unfortunately, they were going to take one person from my school that year. And, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they flew me over there in, in the final four, but I, I didn't get it. And yeah. so there's hope as long as you're just always uh, every single company you join that's public, right? They have a corp dev team, corporate strategy team. Mm-hmm. So even if you join maybe in like a finance function or some other function, you can network internally with that team. And then kind of work your way in, see if there's an opportunity that may arise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even just from my internship this summer or, or a few of them that I've had, like at the end of the summer, they're always like, oh, if you didn't like, you know, whatever role you were in, like, you know, we've got all these other things open. I feel like it's once you get your foot in the door at somewhere that's has somewhat of a brand name, like you're kind of you, you can you can figure it out. <laughs> it's possible for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, well. Alex, that wraps up the main questions we had about your role and whatnot, but we love to end things with uh, five rapid fire questions. They're more fun. They could be totally not related to work, um, but that's kind of one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Um, so the first question we have is, are there any books that you're reading right now or any books that you've read you know, over the course of your life that you think are uh, you know, good reads for college students? Um. Just given the audience of, of, I think this podcast is probably like more like finance or consulting. Sure. I think one of the, you know, you got to read the classics like Barbarians at the Gate. Mm-hmm. Like that's classic, you, you know, that's really good. Um, anything by Michael Lewis, I always think is really thought provoking, uh, you know, Moneyball and, and others. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I loved all of those. I'm, I'm a little bit of a finance like nerd. I love <laughs> so I, I tend to, to lean that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, some good ones. Yeah. Those, yeah, those are both good. Um, second one is, are there any skills you're trying to develop right now or any areas that you want to learn more about? And it doesn't, it could be business. It could not be. We've had people say they want to coach their kids, a little league team or something. <laughs> so any, anything that you're interested yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't have kids yet, but, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing I, I definitely want to do, do better is, uh, you know, really, um, improve my cooking skills. So, nice. you, know, been, you know, in this COVID rut where like, you know, I'm just, you know, got, gotten a little lazy. And, and so I think, uh, you know, cooking skills, uh, being able to like set some time, try new recipes. And I think it's mm-hmm. like, it's good for you to, uh, just make things yourself, right. It's healthier as well. Um, and then, so that, that's like a personal thing, but from a, from a work or career standpoint, I think I definitely like, you know, day you're working on yourself on something, there's some weakness. And for me, it's, it's really around like, you know, my people and client skills. How do I really help my clients uh, uh, be more successful when they use our solutions? How do I understand their problems better? How can I just have more in-depth knowledge about the industry uh, Mm -hmm. and their pain points um, and then relay that information in a very like succinct, concise way that people at my company can understand 
so that we can go help our clients, right? Because yeah, all yeah. businesses, you ebb and flow with your clients. If they're happy, you're happy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and if they're not happy, you're not happy either. Right, right. Um, next one we have is, how do you stay up to date with the latest developments in your industry? Um, like, are there any news sources, newsletters that you recommend uh, that, you know, you keep up with for corp dev or strategy or whatnot? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, when I was in corp dev, uh, we, we leveraged some tools. So we, we used CapIQ before, we used Thomson Reuters. Um, we also, you know, leverage Crunchbase. So Crunchbase mm -hmm. is more like VC startup focused, yeah. especially in tech. That's pretty important. But also we signed up to a bunch of like, like uh, investment banking or industry, uh, you know, research. So we work with actually the analysts that cover us on the earnings calls. So they send us their, their takes on certain things that's happening mm -hmm. in the industry. And then uh, sometimes they reach out to us to understand what our position is within the industry. Like, hey, how does our product rank against competitors? And then more specific for my industry, like, you know, I, I'm in ad tech, advertising technology. So we, we play with the big players like Google and Facebook, et cetera. So there are like publications like eMarketer or Ad Exchanger are always good. DigiDay mm -hmm. is always good, uh, just to give you a pulse on what's happening in the industry. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, next one we have is if you could go into like another role or industry besides corp dev and strategy, is there like another job that you would love to you know take a stab at? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think one of the things that uh, you know, if, if one of the things that I definitely would want to try is starting my own company. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the areas I want to focus on is either around uh, green initiatives. So like maybe you start like a green tech company mm -hmm. and how do we like help alleviate some of the pollution and waste in our, in our system. So that, that's something that I'm, I'm very conscious about. Another thing is, um, you know, uh, just education. Like, how do we level the playing field uh, of education? So maybe that, in the form of technology, is education tech. So, you know, not everybody starts with an equal playing field, right? Some people start off in, in you know, neighborhoods or areas where they may not have access to quality education. So, how do you, how do you like help those folks bring quality education for for those people? So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Both, both sound like great ideas. <laughs> um, and the last one that we're wrapping up with um, is now that COVID is hopefully subsiding. I don't know. We got Omicron now. You know, theoretically, it's subsiding. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, anywhere you want to travel, where would it be? Wow. Anywhere in the world? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I actually really want to go to, uh, I, I want to go to Europe. Um, I've never, I've never outside of work, like work doesn't count. I've been there because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've just heard great things and, you yeah. know, and I just want to do a whole trip, go through like Sp Spain, Madrid, go to France, uh, go to Italy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. I just want to like go there, you know, experience a lot of different cultures, mm -hmm. 
that I don't normally go because I don't have any family there. So yeah, that's something I definitely want to do. <laughs> that, right. sounds, that sounds fun. I'll, I'm trying to do uh, a little backpacking trip after graduation, maybe. So I'll send you the invite. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Well, we, we really appreciate you coming on, Alex. This was a really enjoyable conversation. I learned a lot about Corp Dev strategy, et cetera. So, um, you know, really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, uh, Connor, Cameron, thank you both uh, for the opportunity. Uh, great talking to you guys. And um, yeah, really look uh, forward to where you guys, you know, go after graduation and then obviously into your careers. I'm definitely rooting for you guys and uh, awesome. Really a big fan of what you're doing. All right, everyone, that wraps up our conversation with Alex Huang, Director of Strategy and Business Development at LiveRamp. We hope that was really helpful in terms of getting a better understanding of the M&A process from the perspective of a strategic acquirer, as well as just generally what a lot of the dynamics that go into getting a deal done um, are, as well as we talked a little bit about some of his more operational experience which we hope to have a bunch more guests in the future to discuss more operations, considering a lot of the podcasts we've had have been focused more on the investment side of the house. So I hope that was a helpful episode for you guys, and we hope to catch you next time.